Hello, this is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to uh, the continuing coverage of Final Fantasy VII Remake here on Video Games Cover to Cover, episode 52. We've done this an entire year. Can you oh, believe that? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, what what are we... Here's the thing. There's nothing special for 52 because this is just the side quest episode. That's really disappointing. We really should have busted our butts and talked about something a little better last time. <laughs> or gotten through chapter 14 or something because... The side quest episode? That's really... But it's the side quest anniversary. Sure. Look, just work with it, all right? That If the special thing we do every year for our anniversary is just talk about video game side quests, that would be unbelievably disappointing. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just trying to come up with something a little better. <laughs> so side quest action. So yeah, chapter 14 is the point where the game, you know, basically puts a big old neon sign up that says, hey, you're about to go into the end game. You better do everything you want to do before you leave. And, and it, it even specifically says when you get into chapter 14, hey, there's a bunch of stuff you should probably do before the end of the game, because once you get to this point, there's no coming back. And then when you get to the end of chapter 14, it's like, hey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is the point of no return in case you forgot from before. Yeah, just a reminder, um, this is it. <laughs> like, you do know this is like your end game now. Like, there's nothing left. It's like, I get it. I understand. Anyway, it, it drills this home uh, to like an extreme level. Other than that, like we started to say last week, there's way more side quests this time than there have been at any other point in the game. But the one thing that I do feel is kind of disappointing about that is a lot of the side quests intersect. And when you're going to one place for one thing, you find out you get... It triggers something for something else. Yeah. Exactly. And it's kind of like, ugh, really? That's a little disappointing because when I was thinking... Uh, one, one of the ones that I'm really thinking of is the... I guess... Do we want to talk about the side quests as a whole, or do we want to talk about one specific chain? I mean, whatever you want to talk about that you want to cover, there's a couple for sure that we definitely need to discuss a little bit. Well, obviously, I figure we discuss almost all of them. Okay, well, just so, go with what The one that I'm really thinking of that this was most disappointing, I guess, in a sense, was the medicine. So. Uh -huh. You talk to the doctor and you say, hey, Aerith used to get me all these ingredients, but she's not here now. Is that something you can do? It's like, okay, I guess you recognize me as her bodyguard. I guess you know me as somebody who can get stuff done. I, I, I mean, sure. Why you can't just walk over to her house to get the ingredients, I don't know. And he's like, well, she, some of the ingredients are in non-standard locations. It's like, oh, oh, okay, I don't, I, I get it. She was dealing with flowers in non-standard locations, whatever. So you go to your house, you get all the flowers and everything like that. And then you, you come across a, another section during another side quest. I don't even remember what side quest it was, but I think they're, I think it might be something with the kids or whatever. You find some flowers there. But the most confusing part is all the way back at Sector 7, where the plate 
had fell. There's a there's that guy Weimer who you didn't really get a whole lot of information before. About. Yeah, you had just kind of talked to him a little bit. And that's Apparently, really he it. has something to do with Barrett and its crew. I don't know. I why. think he was like one of the ta- main town watch people. I think is what I gathered out of that. So he'd probably worked with Avalanche because everybody in Sector Seven seems to know, you know, who Avalanche is basically. And he says that hey, there's some rumbling underground. People are getting scared. Okay, man, I'll go. You essentially go back to the underground. You you sort of go back to the same underground section. You go. As, you basically go through the entire game, the entire laboratory again, but in reverse. And there's a gigantic section that you weren't in before that you can kind of open up, and you hear a bunch of rumbling from the other side. Well, turns out it is a gigantic behemoth. Yep. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, okay, game, there is no way that Aerith is just getting these ingredients for you if this is something that's apparently a requirement. She, Aerith, was on the regular going down (laughs) into some research facility, taking a behemoth down by herself, which was somewhat difficult to me to do with Barrett, myself, and Tifa, although it wasn't really difficult at all because I was incredibly overleveled for something else I did later. (laughs) I get down there, I'm like, there is just no way Aerith was doing this for you, sir. You you are a liar. Aerith was just going down into this this area, hoping a behemoth is there, finding a behemoth horn, and then bringing it back to you. I don't believe it. And to my knowledge, he didn't explain it in any other way as, well, Aerith used to get all this stuff for me, but she's not around anymore. Yeah, I, think that's, I don't think he really said anything else. No, that was, it was just very quick. And so it's like, okay, man, Aerith was bringing you behemoth horns on the regular does she like grow them somehow or is she just an ultimate savage killer of behemoths who just keeps going around destroying the species in general maybe that's why it's so angry because every single week she is coming down there and ripping off another piece of its horn (laughs) it's just gotten to the point where it's like i'm not going to take this anymore Maybe she's just been putting it to sleep the whole time with her super magic ultimate powers because apparently the game just establishes that she has superpowers now and can control stuff. I I, I don't. Okay, whatever. That's weird. Don't think that existed before, but okay. And she apparently was just going down here on the regular, putting this behemoth to sleep, scraping piece of its horn off, and then giving it to the doctor. Meanwhile, Cloud's like, okay, well, this is kind of a one-time deal. Uh, You're not getting this medicine again because that guy's dead. He is extremely not alive. Also, we was think about for a second. Let's back Like, So since this is in the underground lab, we have to, you know, probably assume this is like another Shinra experiment thing. So what did Shinra do to this thing that made it so its horns now have medicinal properties? Even well, the thing is now, Andrew, I think this is actually somewhat factual because I don't know if you ever got to the point in the fight where it regenerated. But if you killed its back end and its middle section... It will sit there for a little bit and let you wail on it, but then yeah. it will his its horns will glow and then it will regenerate its limbs. I didn't 
pay that much attention so or to that specifically. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. I can definitely see how there would be medicinal qualities of this behemoth, but again, how does Aerith even know this? Because this whole facility was shut off to everybody, except you did get down there from those underground tunnels. Aerith really was doing that, Andrew. There is a whole side to Aerith that we just don't know. She's just been holding back this whole time. She's actually extremely powerful because she's it's it's her ancient blood. It's gotta be. Because she did say that she uses that she used this super secret path on multiple occasions to get there. Meaning she probably also knew about the whole Shinra blockade thing. She probably picked the lock or whatever using her mystical powers, went down there, subdued this behemoth. And then when when you go back and you finally get in a party with her again, Cloud's like, hey, Aerith, so little, little, little aside, um, there's this doctor. He needed me to get medicine, right? He said that you went to a lot of non-standard locations. And what I was really concerned with is he specifically asked for a magical behemoth horn. Now, how did you know where to find this? And by the way, I found one in a Shinra laboratory using the pathway that you told me about. She's like, oh yeah, I used to do that all the time. How is old Johnny Behemoth guy? <laughs> wait, wait, what do, you, what do you mean? Oh yeah, I used to just talk to it and he would just let me take one. It's like, well, he's dead now. And then Aerith just goes into like a mega rage. What? Why did you just kill him? We could have just asked. He was angry. Like, he, Aerith, I, he didn't really give me much of a choice. I don't, I have no idea how you solved this problem before, but this is not a problem that was easily solved, except for with my group, because again, I, I, I cannot even, I got to the point where I destroyed his, his back legs and his, his middle, and he did not last very long after that. He didn't even do another regeneration because I annihilated him so hard. So, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, really, though, what you're introducing here explains a lot because, like, you go through all this time where, you know, you're leveling up quite a few times because you're there's a lot of fights in, in the side quest area and stuff like that. I mean, we have to assume when we when when we get her back, she's going to not be the level she was when she left because then she'll be completely useless. Right. So clearly it's not that she actually got stronger. It's just, well, I can stop pretending so much because they caught up. <laughs> Is that how you want to explain that away, I mean, Andrew? I mean, I if she was beating up Behemoth on her own, then... <laughs> Nobody said she beat it up. She, again, the game clearly establishes now that she has some superpower to control animals, as as we find out in, in a very soon section coming up. If you're if, if anyone who has actually beaten the game at this point is aware, I, it, I've definitely gotten close to the end. The game very clearly establishes she has some sort of animal control ability. Okay, yeah. I was just trying to throw out an alternate explanation, but you're just going to shut everything I say down. I see how it is. Andrew, you had su you were on such a roll last time that I really needed to bring you back down into reality. The reality where Aerith is just, t just w w walking up and talking to a behemoth and it's just giving her its horn. I have to assume that's what's happening, Andrew. I have to assume that's how it went down. Because I've used Aerith in many a battles. Andrew, there isn't no amount of convincing you can do that will ever make me believe she was killing this behemoth and stealing its horn. <laughs>
I think maybe the doctor was just like, you know, this Merc guy is getting kind of annoying, and we heard that he's maybe kind of wasn't involved in the plate crashing, so let's send him off to go die. <laughs> but he oh. didn't even know where it was. I will, I want to Oh, you're back. Out, oh, oh, uh, thanks. I want to take this opportunity to point out that doctor did not know where she was getting all of her stuff from. He just said, here is a list of things you need. And he didn't even give you a list. It was just one of those things of, hey, I need ingredients. I don't know if there was a way you could specifically look at the list because it literally was just a quest marker of, hey, you need to go here. But the quest marker never updated to this area. I didn't even know about that the secret medicine was down there until I killed it and it said, hey, secret medicine obtained. I was like, oh, I thought I was just down here to kill a creature because it was making some noise. I had no idea that the secret medicine was down there when I went. Yeah, there's a, like you were saying, there's a lot of them that kind of um, wind up overlapping with each other. Because, yeah, that's a whole separate side quest right there. To do that, then there's also uh, another one we'll be coming up to involving lots of people stealing lots of different things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd, I want to avoid that as long as possible because I, I still disagree with the game's direction of the Angel of the Slums. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense you're just, to me, You're Andrew. upset that the thing that was very clearly being illustrated by the game repeatedly wound up being true. But why would that be it? The, the fact that they were punching you in the face about it over and over and over suggests that maybe that wasn't it. Yeah, I think you're giving the game too much credit at this point because we... All we keep saying is how, like, you know, oh, the stuff with the ghost is punching you in the face over and over and over with changes that they're, they're not very subtle in this game. I know, Andrew, but I want to believe. So I guess we'll go ahead and start this. The first thing you do when you get back is you hear Kyrie, as we were mentioning last time, basically talking to everybody about how Shinra's the good guys, Avalanche is evil, they're working with Wutai, everyone should really hate Avalanche, and then... Barrett is about to get up and teach her some truth. And, and Tifa, Tifa shuts him and down. Cloud. Yeah. I think more Tifa, if I remember right. Yeah. But even Cloud to a lesser degree at the end of the conversation is like, yeah, dude, not a not not cool. Re realistically, from Tifa's perspective, she's like, look, if you get in front of all these people and basically say, you're wrong, you're an idiot, and start beating up on this girl, everyone's gonna immediately be like, Oh, well, Avalanche sucks. But uh, so so you talk to this, you don't even get to talk to her at this point. But soon after that, you run into Johnny. And guess what? Johnny has recently been. Somebody the, stole his wallet. Yes. The somebody has 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 recently relieved him of his wallet, which once again, of all of the additions to this game, even more than the ghosts, Johnny is the one I could have done without the most. <laughs> I don't care about Johnny at all. And, and and even more so, it's more of a jealousy thing because it's like, hey, bro, yeah, Tifa, you're my Tifa, blah, 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 blah. And Tifa's like, ha, 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 you're just an idiot. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there as Cloud going, I'll, I'll kill you, Johnny. Do, do you under, do you, do you understand? <laughs> Johnny, I, I will kill you. I, I, I'm not sure... Where you got confused in, in this whole story, maybe before when I was tolerating your presence, but if you continue to insist that Tifa is yours, 
I am going to take some some umbrage with that because not that I want Tifa to be mine. Tifa's her own person and she can make her own decisions, Johnny. That decision, you know, if it happens to lead more heavily towards myself, that's nothing I can do. But Johnny, she's just is, not that into you, man. <laughs> is Cloud gonna have to 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 break you? Because I'll do it. Wasn't he supposed to leave town and then here he is repeatedly? He was supposed to leave town. He was supposed to leave. He was supposed to leave Sector Seven specifically. Yeah, but then he came and back. That's what he did. He went to Sector Five, and then he's at Sector whatever. And Johnny just does refuses to leave. He doesn't take the hint that you should really go now. It's like Johnny, man, you open your mouth a lot. But on the other hand, the fact that he didn't leave. Hopefully that means he won't be anywhere in the future games because we're out of the town now. If he shows up in Calm or something, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I, I have a feeling Johnny is going to be the Jar Jar Binks that Nomura or whoever's in charge of this is just insisting on being there. It, it Jar Jar Binks is like, uh, he, he he's like that thing that George Lucas is like, no, no, he needs to be there. Like he's, he's definitely... Everyone in the boardroom's like everybody hate everybody hated him. George, please, no, please stop. Please stop. Nobody likes him. Yeah, but he's my character. He's like he's what I he's the, the you know out of everybody in the Star Wars universe. If there's anyone I want to be, it's Jar Jar. It's like Lucas. Uh, I think it's time for you to give Star Wars to somebody else because you you've clearly just lost touch with reality. <laughs> there is just something like mentally wrong with you if you want to in keep including this character in your story and that's i feel like that's gonna be johnny that they're like johnny just has to keep coming back because he's he's the cool guy who keeps saying bro to cloud and is obsessed with tifa and it's like n n no no i'm 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 good there was enough johnny in this game for a lifetime there was more johnny than we needed already him existing at all. I thought he was just a random side quest character that was just a blabbermouth. But no, yeah, exactly. No, 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 I thought no, no, it was no, no, just no. going to be a one and done that is like, okay, well, we got to get rid of this guy. Okay, bye. But no, no, here he is again and again and again. And he keeps just coming up. Well, he gets his wallet stolen and the description he gives us, what a surprise. It's Kyrie. And then you kind of find out that he was going to or that Kyrie was going towards the church. So at that point, I do want to take a second here while we're talking about this, though, because this is the end of the game. There's no more other places to go other than when we're heading off to go sh save Aerith. Like the game has established that we talked about this in the very beginning about how, you know, oh, it's got to be that you're going to get to explore other parts of Midgar and stuff, because what's the point of this whole game? We where did we go? That was new. There's basically nothing. Other than I cannot like, believe they didn't use this game as an opportunity to open up Midgar. I know. Well. Like, I, I've i been sitting on that, but like this is, feels like the best time to bring it up because this is the last thing before we go into in-game mode. And of, of all the major disappointments, like, in this section, you run back and forth across, like, basically the entire map multiple times, and it really just drove home. You really don't go very many places. Well, did you use the, you, you, I, I hope you started using the chocobos. Actually, I didn't just because I was using the random, the, the random fights to get more experience. Oh, well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't need that. And there's a specific reason why. 
But regardless, it's just like, I was so, I mean, so the areas that we do get to, you know, are expanded, but okay, at this point, Sector 7's out of the picture. So what, we've got Sector 6, we got Wall Market, we got Sector 5, that's it. I was really disappointed by that. I figured you would be. Well, I mean. Because you were excited about Midgar as a whole, and when we didn't really go anywhere else, I figured you would be like, that sucks. It does. I mean, I mean, maybe you disagree, but like, why have all of this, make a whole game out of it, and then not explore any of it? I, I, I don't disagree with you. In a sense, for me, the faster we get out of Midgar and onto the real legitimate story, the better. So as soon as we get onto tracking down Sethroth, that's going to be where the story really begins for me. You know, this whole Midgar stuff is just, it is what it is. It had to be a whole game on its own. It was six hours in the original game. Like, who cares? Get all of this and get it out of here. This whole Shinra nonsense, I'm done with it. Midgar is a city, done with it. I'm ready to get Apparently, out there. I mean, we all get are the basically done with it. And that's good. That's a good thing, Andrew. That's really good for the story in general. Being out of Midgar is just a good thing. I guess. I'm just... I, I wanted this to feel like... If you're going to make this its own game, it needs to feel like it's its own standalone thing while also being part of a larger whole. And it really feels like we're just seeing a little peak. And that is very dumb to me. I don't know. Who's to say that they don't open it more in the other games? I mean, maybe. But if you're going to introduce other sections, why wouldn't you do it in the game that's supposed to be all about it? You know what I mean? Like, that just seems... Because there's and we didn't come back in the real game. Like, in the original game, rather. Because there's a specific story that they want to tell, and... That it has to be exactly the old story, because otherwise the ghosts get mad. So you're right, we probably will never go see the rest of Midgar, which is unfortunate, but, I mean, who knows? Honestly, if they continue to shoehorn this whole mysterious ghost thing and force us to do all the decisions of the other game... In general, I feel like that's just going to be a bad model for them because yeah. I can I cannot tell you getting up to this point it's so frustrating over and over and over these ghosts and we obviously we haven't really ran into them again in chapter 14 at least I haven't. Well, no, cuz there's basically nothing to do cuz it's all chapter 14 is basically all side quest. But at, at one level, I didn't do most of these side quests before. Yeah, when, yeah, none of these existed. Which so again why comes do the back ghosts to, just allow this? Yeah, so why, why, are, they why is this okay? Yeah. The game should have been six hours long, Andrew. If the I mean, ghosts have their way, it should have been six hours long. I just don't see... And that's the part of it that is feels so frustrating and so annoying about it is they every single time they expanded on something, I thought it was great, and I really enjoyed it with the exception of Johnny. And then there are certain sections where they're just like, nope, we're not going to do it because of fan service. Or even more than ghosts. that, again, not even just that they didn't do it, that they constantly were yeah, reminding you of, we could have done it, but we didn't. It's like, by the way, we were going to make this part different, but we had to keep it. We had to we had to allow our fan service ghosts their, their bit. It's like, I I don't know, the, the, the more I play this game the more frustrated I become with that whole... Because what else is it, Andrew? What else could it possibly be? That There is no other theory that I can think of that makes any sense as to what these ghosts are. 
Yeah, I mean, when we got to the plate dropping and them stopping it, that was literally the only thing I could think of in terms of, like, I, I can't see what else it would be. Because the that idea that it was going to be... it for me. Yeah, the idea that it was going to be, you know, I, I something related to Sephiroth or whatever, I wasn't thrilled about that idea, but the plate thing pretty much ruled that out, because why would Sephiroth stop that? Because if the plate hadn't fallen, would you have let, like... From his perspective, if that if that hadn't happened, there what would be the motivation to leave? And like, why would he want that to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. You start making your way to the church uh, because that's where Kyrie's headed. There's a couple of things along the way that you can hit up. Yeah, like one of the the chocobos. Um, because yeah, that's another side quest that that a bunch of chocobos have gone missing from Sam's chocobo service. What's really nice about the chocobos is once you find all three, you just get to use them for free. So you just get to go everywhere you want for completely free. Which is cool, but also, again, guys kind of drove home. Wow, this is really it, huh? <laughs> I know. You're probably not. Andrew, you're probably not going to be any less disappointed about that than I am with these ghosts. No, I know. I, I mean, that's just it. Because, like, I'm assuming I unless there's something... Maybe maybe that's how they get more time out of it because you get to come back down and see other places after the building. But it it really just feels like yeah. Like I realized while I was running around looking for the chocobos that I had run completely from one side of the entire game world to the other, and I was like, that took like five minutes of running, and that's everything. Yeah, and, and when you're playing it, it seems like a lot more than what it is because there's puzzles and stuff along the way that you've already solved. In general, it really does feel like it's a much bigger world than what it really is when you get to this point. And and then, yeah, like it did. It, it, it didn't feel so small. But then when I'm going around doing these side quests, I was like, wow, there really wasn't very much, was there? Because there's a side quest to get into the sewers. Well, I guess technically it's not a side quest. Yeah, I was about to say the sewers is required. It's like the only required part of Chapter 14. But there's something for a side quest you absolutely have to do in order to get it. In order to do the side quest, you absolutely have to go through the sewers before you can actually complete it. It's the one that I'm talking about right now. Right. And uh, to, a, to a degree, anyway. So you catch up to Kyrie. She's at the church. Well, and first things first, she wants you to go fend off some guys at the arena that are bothering her. And then she promises she'll totally give everything back. Yeah, because basically she says she stole some stuff from Corneo and Shinra's super mad about it. And she's not going to give you the wallet or anything until you kind of solve this problem for her. So it's back to it's back to Corneo's championship or whatever. Yeah. And back to Walmart. This is kind of the first time I've been to Walmart. So Corneo's gone, which is exactly what I said was going to happen. It seems. Shinra is not happy about him spilling the beans about the plate crashing. Yeah, they're looking for him. And, and he, he bailed. <laughs> there was a bunch of rumors that they've taken him away. There's rumors that he ran away. There's rumors that he's already dead. Like, if you go through the town, like, there's all sorts of rumor mill about what's actually going on with Corneo. And we find out as a part of this quest that he actually fled to the sewers, but we're not really there yet. So we get to the championship, and it's specifically for her. It's that Beastmaster guy again. Yes. <laughs> which, which, which on is one so level, is funny, but on the other level, it's just another reminder of how little there really is in this game. Yeah. Because when you, like, 
when you think about like the enemies that you get and stuff, there's not very many of those either, which again, in the original game, there wasn't a whole lot of enemies in Midgar, sure, but again, it was just the first area. Now it's the entire game. So you fight this guy again, and he's basically got a dog on steroids. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've been looking forward to get to, to getting you back, and it's like, dude. How do you so, think this is going to go, really? <laughs> so before you were up against me with Aerith, now we've got me, a literal Hulk with a gun for an arm. And like and a black belt. <laughs> athletic Aerith. Buddy, also, this isn't going to go any differently for you. Also, let's think about the fact that apparently this dude thought he needed to bring his like super demon dog to attack one girl. Well, I think that's more specifically that it's one of those things where this was Shinra going, this is going to happen. You are going to win no matter what. Because nah, Shinra yeah, was like, be. this person stole something from us and we want it now. Yeah, that that's probably fair. And so you fight him. Of course you win. And then Cloud's basically like, yeah, give this message that I think it was Avalanche or something that actually stole it. So you're never going to see it anyway. So you might as well just give up. I think I think that was the way of getting around the, well, we can just come back and kill the girl anyway and get it regardless. And Cloud's basically like, no, you aren't because you're never going to see it ever. So you might as well tell Shinra that, so they just give up. Not that Shinra would ever give up in the first place. Yeah, but I'm not sure why saying Avalanche stole it would make them less mad. (laughs) I don't know if that was what he said. I can't remember what he said. I just know Cloud basically said something to the effect of, you're not getting the key back, so you might as well not even try. Or he was saying, if you're going to try, you're going to have to come after us, which they're kind of already doing anyway. Yeah, because that that whole quest line was more about getting the heat off of her and putting it onto yourselves. Right. Which you're already basically like walking like thermal detonators in terms of heat. So, yeah, we're we're in super deep with water supernovas, yeah. with Shinra as it is. So there's no reason why we wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, we also stole Corneo's money. So, hey, uh, get this. Which You're again, just going to have to come after us now. Is about to be true anyway. Andrew, this this is one of the first side quests I, I sort of did. And this is why I was overleveled. Because while I was there, I was like, hey, I have an opportunity to do with all these championships. I've recently talked to Chadley, and he's told me that in order to get MP absorption, I need to level up all magic materia. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm I'm thinking to myself, let me just go ahead and level up all this magic materia in the championship. And and, and I want to point out that I did not look this up until later. And then I confirmed that this is the best strategy. And I was like, yes, I am very glad that I found it on my own. The three person battle in chapter 14 gives you 51 AP if you go through the entire battle. Obviously, if you put AP up on there, it's 102. For the one specific material, yeah. Yes. So what I did is I there was an option for each individual thing that said easy, classic, or or normal. I went through that three-person thing as normal a couple times, and I was like, man, this is taking forever. And then I went down to easy, and I was like, oh, boo, I could blast through this in like minutes, whatever. And then I noticed, I'm like, I'm still getting 51 AP. 
So it doesn't seem to matter what difficulty I'm on. I'm getting the same amount of AP. And then I noticed classic mode. I was like, interesting. What is classic mode? I never understood what classic mode was. Andrew, classic mode means the game plays itself. And every once in a while, just like in the old Final Fantasy, when your ATB bar fills, you can then choose something you want to do. So in this case, a spell or an ability. Otherwise, all the characters just do their default attacks the entire time and block. Cool. So let me just use classic mode, occasionally shoot out a fireball, just do that over and over and over until I level up all of my materia, because why wouldn't I do that? At the same time, unfortunately, if I could have done this, I would have. I would have stopped myself from getting XP, but I needed that materia, Andrew. I do not want to finish the rest of this game without getting all the materia. I'm just not going to do it. If there's something to do in a side quest, I'm not going to finish the game until I do it. I just don't care. I'm not going to do that. There's an option for me, similar to what you were doing with Witcher. You're like, there's a question mark on the map. I am going to do it before I finish this game. That is, for the most part, me in most games I play, except the question marks in Witcher were just insane. It's true. There were way too many. And so I was like... I didn't even get an achievement for that, by the way, and I was really disappointed. I'm like, I'm going to do this. So I sat there and I was, you know, watching YouTube or videos or whatever. Well, Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett were just running train on everybody, killing everyone (laughs) in that thing over and over and over and over. And I think I was around 42 or 45-ish, somewhere in there, when I finally leveled up all my AP. And I was like, cool, now I have AP absorption. Andrew, the rest of the game is basically null and void at this point because MP absorption with magnify, Cloud is essentially magical destruction from everything. Because (laughs) there's also another nifty little mechanic that you may or may not know. If you have two blues that link to another materia and you have two slots that link, If you put a materia of the same type in both of those slots with two different blues, you get the benefit of both. Wait, so you're saying like, like do fire and magnify and then fire and MP absorb as two sets? Yes. I had no idea about that. You get the benefit of both. And when you're in a group, so Fyraga costs 21 MP. When you're in a group... MP absorb doesn't absorb a lot, but when you use it with magnify and now you've hit everyone in five groups, basically all your mana's back and you can just for, for one or two bosses, it's not that great because there's only like one thing and you can't really absorb a whole lot of mana from that. But when you, when the boss comes out and there are other bosses later where the boss is summoning a bunch of little creatures and everything like that. And I'm like, thank you. Fire Aga, fire Aga, fire Aga, fire Aga. I'm like, game done. I'm like, this is so unbelievably awesome. I've done exactly what I've wanted to do this entire game. I have effectively made Cloud a, a magical destruction dude. <laughs> He just goes around laying waste to everybody with Fire Aga because in the last sections of the game, the two things that I've noticed, at least where I'm at right now, that you absolutely need are fire for all of the regular Shinra dudes and 
lightning for all of the random bots that you come across. Those are the two biggest things that are more important than anything else, unless we end up fighting Rude or Reno again, which I don't I don't think you did in the original game, but I don't know. Maybe they're going to help Rufus this time or something. Yeah, not after the the plate was the last time you fought them within the context of Midgar, yeah. In the but original. you even only fought Reno on the plate. It's true, yeah. And we, at Rude this point, comes and helps you. So I'm wondering if the same thing is going to happen with Rufus. At, at, I, at, I just at this point, know. now that I think about it, in the original game, we haven't even met Rude yet. Yeah. Because it's just Reno twice, because it's just Reno in the church, and then it's just Reno on the plate. I think you're aware of him, because I, I do kind of remember him. I remember I think, him being there. I just don't remember fighting him. The first time he, I remember seeing him at all when I was recently replaying it is when you go and get on the elevator in the Shinra building and he just walks in and that's basically when you get caught. Yeah. So that's really the only thing I knew of him. The only other thing that I've known of him is I know kind of the basic outline of Final Fantasy VII. Just from media and other stuff, I kind of have a, a decent idea on the basics of it. So... You, but at this point going forward, you basically never meet them individually. It's all like, at least in the original game, it was all Reno and Rude from now on. But that's the thing. It's like, I know that I'm going to be up against Shinra because we're going to the Shinra building. I know that Shinra uses a lot of bots. So the only thing that I've really worked on is maxing out fire and lightning. I actually maxed out basically all of my elements while I was in the process of doing this because every single time a materia leveled up to maximum, I would switch it out for another materia and then just start working on that materia until I finished doing revival because revival took 5,000 and it was by far the longest thing to level up. And so it was the thing that I was working on for the longest amount of time. And I have to say arise is a game changer. I, I definitely don't have it, but I'm assuming it gives you like revives at full health. Yes, it does. It that's is saying, that's what it's done changer. in previous games. So It is an absolute game changer because I don't know if you noticed this either. Magnify doesn't work on just offensive spells. Magnify also works on party buffs. So if you attach haste to magnify, it hastes your entire team. If you have multiple people die and use arise, it arises your entire team. If you cast Barrier or Mana Wall or any of those things and have it connected to Magnify, it does it to the entire team. Magnify, there is a reason you only get one. It is the most powerful materia in the game, in my opinion. Magnify allows you to basically just everything to everybody. If you had more than one of those, Magnify would be so unbelievably broken. I was about to say, that's... that. That's the downside of that is unlike in original seven, where you had tons of all materia, you basically get no magnifies. Well, that is because magnify is a, is a pick and choose because when I was fighting Leviathan, I got to tell you, Andrew, that fight was hard. It was hard. And I had a lot of issue, even though I was over leveled and I was like, man, I just don't know what to do. And then I was like, ah, well, whatever magnify. It, it it works for offensive. Maybe it'll work for defensive. So I was just screwing around and I was like, let me do a battle. Let me just see uh, just any random battle that I get into. And when I cast magnify with barrier, 
it gave it to everybody immediately. And I'm like, <gasps> what? It works on offense or, 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 or debuff or buffs too? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I went in there, Andrew, and I fought Leviathan. And I was like, cool, mana wall, protect me from all physical and all mana or, or, and all magical. Dude, I wiped the floor with Leviathan. It wasn't even a challenge. I'm like, you're big. Ha 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 ha. You can do no damage to me at all. I am amazing. Just like <laughs> destruction, destruction. Just over and over and over. I'm just absolutely destroying it. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Mana wall with magnify is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, Andrew, I don't know if you knew this. After you complete all of Chadley's things, you get one more challenge. Do you happen to know what that challenge is, Andrew? No. It's another summon. Okay. I figured when you were saying it was a challenge, that made the most sense. It's Bahamut. Really? Yes. I just love the fact that, before you go on, I could feel your excitement in your voice, despite the fact that we are miles away from each other in completely different buildings. Like, I could tell how much, I could just envision how, like, the, the ridiculous smile you had on your face. Guess who had Bahamut for the rest of the game? Okay. This guy. Okay, that I can see that. Being oh, awesome. every single time Bahamut bust out Mega Flare, it was like the heavens open up. Is that his, and like, finisher? He just, yeah, Mega Flare. Well, it's the same thing from Final Fantasy X, except this time... Instead of him bl- blasting a Kamehameha out of his face, he basically blasts a Kamehameha out of the ground and up into the heavens. <laughs> nice. And um, Now, if they're going to follow what they did with Seven proper, this might be the opportunity to, like, each part will have another Bahama that you can get. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I really hope so, because, Andrew, Bahama, amazing. There, there are op- there, there's one downside to Bahama and Leviathan that I did not anticipate. Turns out, if you are in an enclosed space, guess who you can't summon? Leviathan or Bahamut? There's a couple of bosses that, that come up in the later sections that you need to summon something that isn't one of those two because you're in an enclosed space. That hurt. Interesting. I didn't, like, there were definitely times where, because I had Leviathan, but, uh, you know, I didn't have Bahama, but I had Leviathan, and there were definitely times where I'm like, I don't understand why Cloud doesn't have an option, but the others do. I'm so confused. My guess is, is because both Bahama and Leviathan fly around, they're both gigantic, and the game is basically like, you cannot summon it into this enclosed space. That does explain a lot, because I was like, I don't understand why it's not triggered, like, everybody else has a full bar, what's going on? Because, of course, you're going to use your strongest summon. Like, right. obviously. Yeah, I totally would have used Leviathan, but it's like, mm, but are you? Part of the problem is I had Bahama and Leviathan equipped, and then I just had Barrett have anyone random or, or Tifa or whoever it was. I can't remember which one I had the other one on. And I was like, oh, man, when I can't summon either one of those two, I'm stuck with random Chocobo thing. Um... Well, this kind of sucks. Oh, well, I literally just need another warm body for this thing to attack anyway. I really just need a quick break. Yeah, Barrett had, I think, Shiva the entire game, because that was kind of my go-to with him for whatever reason. 
Pretty sure I had Shiva on Barrett as well. But after I got Bahamut, I gave I gave uh, Barrett Leviathan and obviously Cloud Bahamut because Bahamut, like Leviathan, also takes two ATB bars to summon. I figured yeah, I was going to say yeah because I know Leviathan did, but so and I would he imagine is so worth it. The only th- the only thing that I'm somewhat disappointed in with Bahama is he has no one bar attacks. He only has two bar attacks. I think I think Leviathan's the same way. It wouldn't surprise me because they're both obviously like the big heavy hitters. Yeah, they're the congratulations, let's rock face. And you're not even supposed to get Bahamut yet. I was definitely not supposed to kill him because I was not leveled to the point that I was supposed to be able to. I guess I just got really lucky. I will say the fight took a long time, but I was like, I I can't live in a world where I don't have Bahamut. I can't move on from chapter 14 where I just don't get it. That's just not a reality I'm willing to accept at this point. If Bahamut's an option, I don't care if I have to go in and level myself to 50 now. I'm going to have him for the end of the game. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I think I I, meanwhile, I'm pretty sure I was around like level 30 at this point. (laughs) I was somewhere in the mid 40s, somewhere in there. When when I did that, I do want to talk say, about one of the other side quests. I, I would say like I'm shocked by this, but then I think back to like the ridiculous amount of time you put into the Fiend Arena in Ten Two, and I'm not really shocked at all. Anymore. Andrew, nobody should be shocked about the ridiculous things that I do at this point. I mean, next time we next time we're gonna be on like we'll, we'll randomly do like if a new Disgaea game comes out, you'll be like, yeah, I'm level two thousand in episode one. Um, yes. Because I'm definitely going to figure out a way to break it so that way I can be. <laughs> if we ever play any Disgaea, I'm going to be level 999 by episode 3, guaranteed. And by that, I mean 9999, because that's the max you can get. I love Disgaea, and it, it, it's not a game that I really ever think will be reasonable for the podcast, but... Well, no, I mean, because 99% of the game is the grind, and like, that's great, but there's not a lot to talk about there. It'd be more of like a one shot, I think, or maybe like a, hey, we've played it and we've kind of already beaten it. Let's just talk about it for the next couple episodes and then talk about our experience with it, which is just be me talking about the ridiculous ways that I'm grinding through specific areas to get from one part to another or straight up duplicating items because you used to be able to do that in Disgaea 2 through 4. It made it a lot more difficult in 5. And I don't even know if you knew that you could duplicate items. Yeah, by going through item world, I remember that. But you had to specifically go through item world as a character, and you had to have the cat paw, and then you had to take the cat paw and hit them, but you had to be able to kill the character. So even though my characters were level 99999, I would then have to basically equip the ultimate level items to a level 1, but because they're ultimate level items, they're still really powerful, so I had to be strong enough to kill them. So then you had to take the cat's paw, and then you had like maybe a 10% chance with the cat paw to actually hit one of them kill it and then grab the item it's a long process it's a really difficult process and i did it so many times and i love that game because i did love the grind it's my favorite part about it pretty much any rpg it's it's not going to shock anybody to learn that we're both big fans of diablo (laughs) (laughs) yes and and i think i take it even to to an even more ridiculous degree than you do up to the point where i easily get sick of a game 
because I play it too much, because I grind too much, just because of the way I play it. And then it's like, oh man, I stopped playing it for like three or four months. Meanwhile, during that time, Andrew essentially catches up to me and then I play it a ton. And then within like the first three weeks or whatever, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in torment 1 million already. What are you talking about? Because I, I, I'm a crazy person when it comes to grind. I just, for some reason, I just love the grind. It, it, it's more about, I love that number going up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that's the whole reason why I still play idle games and stuff. There is something inherently very satisfying about make number go up. <laughs> we just express it in different ways. And for me, make number go up is something where, like, I like seeing progress since last time. But it's not something I can do for, like, extended massive periods of time, whereas you can just get lost in it. Oh, yeah. Like, for me, I like I appreciate every time I sit down and play for a little while, you know, I'm going to be stronger than when I stopped or whatever. The number number will have gone up. <laughs> but and for for me, specifically, the whole materia thing, it was more just about the game has specifically said now, even though I knew several episodes ago that once you beat the game, you can replay chapters. I already kind of knew that. But it didn't matter to me. I wanted to finish that part now because it was an option. Now, Andrew, what I didn't know is that Bahamut was even a summon in this game. I had no clue. And when I, and I believe I remember even texting you when I was like, hey, I, I finally, you know, I finally went out and beat Leviathan. And then immediately after I see Leviathan, I'm like, what, wait, what? Bah, bah, Bahamut's in this game? I didn't know that. Okay. I have to have it. <laughs> anyway, it sounds like you had a side quest you were about to talk about. Oh, there's no way I remember what that is. Oh, well, I, I will talk about something then. Um, So Kyrie, let's talk about Kyrie for a second. Okay. Who is she? She's not the angel of the slums. Would I be completely crazy to say that I think she's Yuffie? Oh, wow. M Maybe, but I, I, I so she, she, maybe at the very least, at the very least, she behaves very similar to how Yuffie behaves in the original game. She, I would know that because I never met you. Well, okay, but I mean, like, she swings by, basically sticks her nose in some stuff, steals stuff, and then runs off. Right. So I, I entirely have to go off of what you're saying because I. But no, no, I, I mean, like we talked about that a little bit before. Where it was like Yuffie. The you know, only thing I know of her is that she steals your materia at some point. That's it. Yeah. So, well, in the original game, she's not even a required character. She's optional. You technically never have to meet her at all. But Kyrie felt very Yuffie. Maybe not specifically Yuffie, but I think she might be a spy from Wutai, one way or the other, whether it's specifically Yuffie. Who would she be keeping tabs on then? She's reporting back on the activity between Avalanche and Shinra, I assume. But I, I guess the other thing is then why would, if she was working for Wutai, why would she then say, why would she then get the people against Wutai and Avalanche and pro Shinra? Because one of the ways when you're a spy, one of the things you do to get yourself access to more and more stuff is like, try to, in, to, to demonstrate you're on the side of the guys that you want to know things about. So if her job is to get information on Shinra and stuff, Constantly making a scene about how awesome Shinra is comparatively would be a good way to do that. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know because I just don't know enough about Yuffie in general to really make a correlation. I mean, and I, I don't know either, but that was just immediately the vibe I was getting from her from the way she was 
she was doing stuff and she kind of looked similar to Yuffie. Not exactly the same, but enough that it was... Um, I mean, who's to say that she doesn't change... Who's to say that she doesn't change her name and appearance later to become Yuffie? Because she even specifically says as she's leaving, yeah, I think I'll just steal from different people next time. And Cloud's like, yeah, I really don't think that's the lesson you are supposed to learn from all this. I mean, yeah, maybe she's going to show up and then, you know, steal from us at some point. But I, and maybe it's completely unrelated, but it just felt like if nothing else, it was sort of a wink nod to Yuffie's character. And given that Wutai is clearly going to be more important in this version of the story than in the original game, that's kind of how I got thinking about, well, she reminds me a lot of Yuffie. Is she supposed to be like a Wutai spy? I mean, maybe, but we haven't really seen much of Wutai outside of them just being mentioned. Well, yeah, but I mean, we haven't left Midgar at all, which is, but, we, but still, they've come up significantly more than in the original game. Wutai didn't come up once until you basically get there. So I just, I, I, I just don't know about that side of the story to really say one way or the other. But I mean, what you're saying makes an awful lot of sense to me. I just don't know enough about Yuffie in general. But she could easily be a a Wu Tai spy. It, it, it is it is entirely possible that she is, especially considering how was she able to steal from Corneo? Like legitimately, how on earth was she able to do that? Well, yeah, like she's clearly very good at stealing, which especially when her grandmother, who it turns out is apparently actually the angel of the slums. Yeah, the lady that we Whatever. knew it was. That's so unbelievably obvious that it's just disappointing that it's true. Like I said, this game has not been subtle. I understand that. And it's just, it's more just disappointing because it's like, really? Really? How did that old woman do any of those things? She is apparently the most athletic and spry woman that has ever existed. Well, again, I think it's basically the same basic idea of, no one's ever going to suspect her. So when she does something, she gets away with it because who's going to look at that lady and go, yeah, that was her. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I It does make for a very good thief when it's something like that. Sort of the same thing like in uh, Captain America, or not Captain America, Captain Marvel, when the Kree or whatever it was took the took the form of that old woman and then suddenly Captain Marvel's like beating the crap out of her on that train and everyone's like what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Meanwhile, at the same time, nobody is asking the question of why is this old woman doing flips and just taking this beating like nothing is happening. If anyone on that train just saw somebody randomly just absolutely destroying some old woman and that old woman just like getting up and destroying them back, that's the Something is going on with that old woman. That's not the question anybody asks. That doesn't make any sense to me, Andrew. That at no point on that train was anyone like, hey, um, is anybody wondering why that 80-year-old woman is doing backflips and absolutely like, she, she just was hit so hard on the side of this pole that it like bent in half, but that somehow didn't break her back? Guys... That old woman is definitely not right. I mean, who from from the perspective of all those people, Captain Marvel is obviously in the wrong here because she just immediately attacked an old woman for no reason. But they should have also realized that, that old woman was not an old woman. Sure. But I mean, like, that's what I'm getting at is like, you know, you're going to see a lot of uh, 
you, you people who can get away with it, like like in the real world, Matahari, she was a famous lady because it, she was like a lady who you know was a courtesan for people, and so no one was expecting that the random lady that they're sleeping with is actually walking away with all of their information. Like a lot of times, that's how you get away with this stuff is because you're somebody that they don't expect. Yeah, which is that's why uh, that lady in The Witcher has. Her her lucrative business is basically getting a whole bunch of secretive information and selling it to people. And she does it through her courtesans and stuff, which is probably an inspiration of the lady you were just talking about. Because that yeah. happens a lot in, in mainstream media now is like, yeah, the people with the real power are the ones that you least expect. And that they're secretly controlling stuff because, oh, yeah, well, we have all the information and we can give it to whoever we want for the right price, obviously. maybe Was that Witcher or am I thinking about a TV series? Um, I don't remember that coming up in Witcher, but I could just be misremembering. I could have sworn there was something like that in Witcher. Well, I know that the, the meetings were taking place in a famous brothel or something. Maybe that's, I don't know. I know that there was definitely something I was watching somewhat recently that was kind of basically that exact same. The plans to where you're deciding whether or not you're going to assassinate the king take place in like a secret room in a brothel. In Witcher. Well, yes, that's what I was alluding to. But what I'm saying right. is I was watching something else recently that basically had the exact same storyline of it wasn't one single person. It was basically this lady was in charge of a whole bunch of people that were doing this exact thing. There's some awesome stories about spies in general that we could go off on a whole thing, but I don't want to get too far away from video games. But like crazy spy stuff is, some, is, is a personal thing I love in history. Yeah, like there's, you know, Assassin, Ninja Assassin, such a great movie. Um, <laughs> well, I'm talking about stuff like the guy who, uh, like, formed an entire spy network of nothing and just kept reporting back uh, complete false information and was getting paid for it because they just wanted to believe he was telling them the truth. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I know, but that's why I'm like, I didn't want to go into much further than that because I didn't. It's a great story, though. But we should get back to trying to come up with finish some of these side quests i mean how many side quests are left at this point because most of those side quests intersected with one another uh well we need to talk about the angel of the slum bit a little bit more so we have the key with corneo that we get back from Kyrie, and then yeah her grandma i guess the angel of the slums which again would make sense if she was a trained spy and that's why she's here maybe that's why she's so good at this stuff but anyway <laughs> um the angel of the slums tells you that she you know, that Don Corneo has some real valuable stuff in these gates that the key will get you into. And boy, wouldn't it be a real shame if somebody was to steal it and then give that money to the poor or something? Yeah, it sure. It sure would suck. And she can't do it for whatever reason. So I guess you have to go out and do it. Don't we do that thing? Right. It, <laughs> this is where it comes up in. the. This is the one that you actually have to proceed with the main game because you have to get back into the sewers. And that's actually part of the main plot because it, it's trying to find Don Corneo. Yes. Oh, we almost forgot to mention you fight a Tonberry in one of the side quests. Oh, that's right. Those those dudes show up uh, because they're like, oh, hey, these Corneo lackeys or something has showed up and they're going to beat up Aerith's mom or something. And so then you go back there and it's then you show up and then they fight a Tonberry. And what what they didn't know is I might as well have been like an all-powerful deity at this point because <laughs> I absolutely destroyed that thing. Did he still one-hit kill you, like, traditionally? Uh, once he caught up to one of the characters, yes. 
Yeah, I was going to say, because that's always been the thing with Tom Bears is they're extremely slow, but when they get you, ow. But I had a rise, so it didn't even matter. Yeah, I know. I was just curious if, like, at the level you were at, was it still a one-hit kill? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just... A, a, I don't think it mattered how much HP you had. I think it was I, a I think it just hits no for matter. 100% of your HP, and that's it. Like, there's no calculation to it. Except in 10, where it, there actually was a calculation. Well, like... Uh, a lot of time, I mean, in this particular case, I think it did, but uh, in a lot of the games, you know, Tonberries are one of the iconic enemies that show up a lot, and there's some variation of it. Like in Final Fantasy VIII, you can get a Tonberry as a summon by fighting a bunch of them, and then you fight the Tonberry King, and if you beat the Tonberry King, he will join you. And like, it's all, but Tonberries are one of those like recurring enemies, that, like similar, like, oh, you know, there's always a Bahamut, there's always a. Uh, you know, chocobos, like certain things that always show up in the games. And Tonberry is one of them. Yeah, well, apparently Tonberry is in hard mode. People apparently online are essentially saying that that house is one of the hardest things in the game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was so easy on normal. Like, I don't see how this was like the hardest boss in the game or whatever. Like, I've had way more trouble on other things. Apparently in hard mode, it like spits out Tonberries and stuff. What? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> apparently on hard mode it's like insane god that's i i just had like a shudder just thinking about that <laughs> so so imagine dealing with the house and a bunch of tonberries that it spit out because yeah, i thought the house sucked even on regular so yep i i was like oh man that sounds kind of interesting but i don't even know if i want to try that because that just sounds painful Anyway, so as you go back in the sewers, you go, you get help from, what is his name? The assistant, Leslie. Yeah, the assistant guy that was adamantly like, hey, you don't want to do this, and then gives you your gear. Uh, He's trying to find Don Corneo, too, because he wants revenge on him, and we get backstory on why Leslie hates Don Corneo so much. Yeah, and I totally get why he kept telling you, do not do this, do not do this, do not do this. Yeah. So, really sad... Apparently, Leslie's fiance was picked by Corneo, mm-hmm. which is really confusing to me on two accounts. Leslie knows that this is the kind of things that Corneo does. Why would he present his fiance as one of the girls? Did Corneo just happen to see his fiance and then say, Hey, well, I guess I'm choosing you because I I am Corneo and I do whatever I want. I don't think Leslie presented him. He made it sound like they needed money or something. And she was like, okay, well, I'll just go do this. He had to have known that this was a possibility. And why on earth, if his fiance needed money, just becoming his wife, how is becoming Corneo's wife going to solve anything for the two of them? I, I have so many questions about why. Either of those two thought that that would be a good idea. I don't think Leslie had anything to do with Corneo until after this, and then he kind of joined the organization and stuff. It was one of those, like, I'm going to get back at him, and I'm going to work my way up until I get the opportunity. Even if he didn't, because how is becoming Corneo's wife a good plan? Because I you need money. Don't. I'm not saying it was a good plan. I'm just saying I don't think Leslie had anything to do with Corneo before then. I just don't see why either of them thought that this was going to end well anyway because at the very least you're you're offering up your fiance to some really weird skeevy dude who picks wives on the regular because even 
even Leslie himself is not the only one that's going around saying, you do not want to do this, up to the point where every single one of the other three didn't even pick anyone. The question is, would they have actually picked anyone if you, Aerith, and if you and Aerith hadn't showed up? Would they have just left it to the fact that, oh, one of them found one person and this is just the sacrifice? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. I, I just don't get I really don't get me wrong, that story was incredibly sad and I felt super bad for Leslie. And obviously at, at the very end, after you kind of deal with everything, they give him hope about well, maybe she's still out there and maybe she ran and you just have to go find her. I hope that maybe that's true and that maybe they revisit that in one of the other games. I I hope so, because it would have been real weird for them to do that and then just not be a thing after that. But I just don't see, I don't, I would just have so many other questions of why on earth did either of you think this was a good idea? Because Best case scenario, you're offering your wife up, your potential wife up, to be the puppet of some really skeevy rich dude who is probably going to have her sign like a prenup or whatever anyway, assuming something like that exists in this universe. You're not just going to suddenly get all of his money for you guys to just then go run off together. That's not how it's going to work. And that's definitely not how it's going to work for somebody like Corneo when everyone in town insists that he's a super bad dude. I mean, I don't I don't want to sit here and suggest that it's their fault or whatever that that happened to her. I just I am sitting here thinking I, I really don't understand why either of you thought that this was going to end well. And it just goes to show that Corneo is just like such an evil person. Because apparently six months go by, and then he's suddenly like, well, I guess I want a wife again. I'm bored. What? Hey, trio guys, go go pick a new one for me, please. What? I mean, as if we needed more reasons to hate Corneo. Well, yeah, I mean, he's absolute scum. Like, there's no debating that. And we don't even get to kill him. We don't even get to kill him. It's just left up to, well, maybe Shinra will do it. Hopefully Shinra will do it, but we don't even get to kill the guy, which was even more disappointing. If this was Witcher, that dude is definitely gone. We would have taken care of him back after immediately after the whole sewer thing. We would have taken care of him then. Yeah, but you do fight his thing again. You fight you fight his uh, monster again. Yes, and it was really funny because when I was at that section, uh, my wife was sitting on the couch and I'm like, I don't have to fight that giant thing again, do I? <laughs> She's like, oh, no, no, no. You just, you you fight him. You have to fight something. And and then as soon as it came up, I'm like, what are you talking about? I had to fight it again. She's like, oh, well, I didn't think you were talking about that. <laughs> like, what could I possibly be talking about then? Like, I specifically said the thing in the sewer. I did not want to fight it again. And because, again, it has the advantage of being in the sewer. And there's a couple of different. Like this time it has enemies or whatever, but Andrew, this is one of those things where it just kept summoning more of the little guys. And I'm like, fire Aga, fire Aga, fire Aga. Cause it also turns out, well, Hey, he's weak to fire. Oh man. I had such a good time during the second battle of this thing that, you know, constantly blasting it with fire. I didn't even need a summon and this time. All, yeah. And all the ads it has. So I'm sure that was great for you because of the MP absorb. 
Oh, I was absolutely annihilating everything. Oh, I had such yeah, a good Because it has all of its little babies or whatever, which you kind of feel a little bad, but like also they're all trying to murder me, so not really. Well, just imagine this for a second, Andrew. Let's say you have a third fire and it's also maxed. Why don't you just go ahead and put synergy on there so whenever you do a fire attack, you get MP absorb, you get magnify, and you get synergy. Andrew, everything that I wanted to happen in this game for magic has now happened. (laughs) I wanted to be able to build an ultimate magic character, and that's exactly what I did. So there is this, in, in chapter 14, there's a new sword you can get that's purple. I don't know if you used it or not, but every single thing about this sword made magic skills better. There was... In in the last core section of the sword, it was magic up, magic up, magic up, and then everything else there was magic. This is the sword that I feel like I'm going to use from now on, because Andrew- Can't imagine why, as a guy who is a, loves magic. My magic is, right now, 102, I want to say? So during this entire section, I have used this magic purple sword- And I have just laid waste to everything and everyone that I come across because this sword, I I can't imagine there being another sword in the, in the end game that is going to do as much magic as this one does because almost all of cloud swords have been geared more towards physical. I mean, obviously other than the, there was the one, the second one he got was very magic oriented, but, Mm -hmm. but I'm so happy. Because almost everything that I've wanted from a magic perspective, other than multiple magnifies, has happened. The, the, the fact that you can get the benefits of multiple blues by just having, which makes sense. The game's not going to, de- going to discern, well, it's going to be the first one. Why wouldn't it use both? And it just happens to, and it makes me so happy. I, I, I'm actually I really curious that's a, if that's something new or if it existed in the original game, because I definitely never even thought to try that in the original game. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things where I'm like, I have fire. I want to know if this will work because that has to work, right? It, it just has to. Why wouldn't it? And I, I am so happy. So unbelievably happy. And, and the reason I figured it out is because at one point when I was leveling up all my materia, I had multiple fires that I was working on at one time. One fire was level two, one fire was level one. And when I went to my spell section, it did not discern either fire. It still allowed me to go up to level two, but there wasn't a second fire. And I'm like, wait a minute. If it treats them as one materia, does that mean you can get the benefits of both blues by having multiple materias attached? And you can and I was so I was so disappointed that it felt like magic was basically just so not even essential. And now I'm just at a point where I am just magicking everything. As soon as I get into a battle, it's like boom, magic. I've never used so many ethers in my entire life because <laughs> I never ever use items or anything like that. But oh, magic! I it is it has definitely become exactly what I wanted it to be. But at this point. You know, after the whole Corneo thing. At this point, Leslie gives you better grapple guns so that you can scale the wall. 
It's like, oh, guess what? You need better grapple guns. Okay, well, here they exist, and Corneo had them. Man, that would have been really useful earlier, you know, when I was falling to my death. But okay, cool. So, uh, and then at that point, the game, this is where it reiterates. Hey, we can do this, but you better finish everything, because guess what? This is the end, by the way. Uh, But yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't really have anything else. I think we've covered just about all the side quests I wanted to. Yeah, um, there there were quite a few, but I think that pretty well sums it up. And their side quests, a lot of them don't matter anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot of the side quests intermingle with one another, just, like, I, how, just like how the sewer thing, one of the Corneo things happened in the sewer. So you had to do the sewer in order to finish that up. And it's just like, could you give me a unique area, please? Right, and even the sewer, we're back in the sewers that we already went through once. Oh, we have to visit the graveyard again because the kids are being possessed by something I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's one we didn't mention, but yeah. Yeah, we just go back to every area that we've been to, and it just kind of drove home like there really wasn't that many, were there? And it kind of was disappointing, especially when there were so many of them. And it was like, I'm not even going to get a unique area for this. Arguably, you did get a unique area in the in the underground when you fought the behemoth, but that was only a small, tiny sliver of a unique area. It was basically just a, Hey, look, there's a giant open section. I get, I I bet something bad is going to happen here. That's going to have to do it for this episode. Uh, Next time we'll probably be going up the wall because there's nothing else to be done down here in the slums. It's time to go after Shinra. As always, you can find us on Twitter or via email or via our discord. And I will include the contact information in the episode description. I hate Shinra. 